Blonde Podcast. I am Christina McGinnis, the founder of KCM Connect, the Bottled Blonde, and a fashion blogger. The Bottled Blonde Podcast is a millennial's guide to leveling up in business, dishing on our latest dating adventures, personal development, hashtag self-care, and sipping on some fun AF cocktails. To break it down, booze, boys, beauty, and business. If you want it, we got it. Hello, TBB babes. This bitch is caffeinated today. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, buzzed on life, coffee, and all things travel. Your girl is in Cabo San Lucas. We are recording live from the Cabo San Lucas, Mexico life. I decided to come and surprise my mom, and it was so hard to get out here because holy shit. It is number one, hard to travel in coronavirus. Number two, I'm panicked about planning her birthday party. And three, we're bringing the man down, LA hot man, to meet and hang out with the family for the first time. Holy hell. I'm excited. I'm pumped. It is sunny here. What a good day to be freaking alive. And last week, I did not post an episode. I apologize. We had the Bottle Blonde's first birthday party. We're one years old, guys. We are an infant. We are an infant child. And I'm so happy. I'm, a, I'm so happy to be an infant child podcast. One year down. Let's get this shit rocking. We ate so much cheese. We ate so much meat. I had so many gluten problems and dairy problems afterwards. Was it worth it? Fuck yeah, it was. It's always worth it. Anytime I eat cheese and gluten, I'm like, you know, it's so great during the moment. 45 minutes to an hour later, things are hot to trot and not in the best ways. We are sprinting to the toilet, but you know, still worth it. Fucking love the cheese, fucking love the gluten. And the party was so fun. Ah, guys, I wish you guys could have been there. It'd be so fun to have a live podcast party. Come hang out with you guys. We can eat cheese and gluten and wine together one of these times. Wouldn't that be, that'd be fucking awesome. I do have to say we are caffeinated up the yin yang today. Sorry if I am full blown screaming. I have had three or four cups of John Francisco's cold brew and I am pumped for this episode. Guys, speaking of eating, we are having Helen today. She is a boss ass bitch who started blender bombs. I'm literally going to break my fast here, packed the blender bombs with me. And I'm going to make a little smoothie action. I freaking love her. She's so fun. She actually came to LA. We got to hang out in person in Corona. What a day to be alive. This is just, oh, it was so good. I hung out with her. We went out and we had some most amazing food ever at Double Zero in Venice. If you need to go, guys, when you go to Venice, you got to go get the pizza we had some really good pizza. We had some really good other things that I can't remember at the moment, but freaking fantastic. Love Helen. Love the place. Pumped for the episode. Let's get the shit rocking today. Our drinking word is going to be help. Today on the TBB pod, we have Helen Hall, 
Hush Up and Hustle is a lifestyle brand created by Helen Hall. It is a parent company for all of Helen's brands. Hush Up and Hustle provides you the tools to live a healthy and balanced lifestyle. Helen's mission is to encourage people to eat mostly plant-based diet and drink one of their blender bomb smoothies a day. She has created multiple companies in order to help this lifestyle become more accessible for everyone. Freaking love Helen. I'm so pumped for you guys to hear all things. She has the brand Hush Up and Hustle, Blender Bombs, and Hustle Smoothie Bars. Guys, I need, need, need to go to her smoothie bar so that I can experience all of this greatness in person. Without further ado, let's get hot to trot and welcome Helen. Hello, TBB babes. Today we have someone so fun. I am so pumped. We're talking all things lifestyle brand, health and wellness, and we're going to dive into some really fun business tips that I've actually never talked about on the podcast. So I'm, I'm pumped. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with the TBB babes. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We have we have a lot of I have a lot of questions too. <laughs> I know we have so much to dive into. That's why I'm just like, oh my gosh. Okay, first things first. What's your favorite cocktail? I am obsessed with mezcal negronis. So Ooh, yeah, okay. negroni is typically gin, vermouth, and Campari. And so the mezcal is mezcal, vermouth, and Campari, and it's like a one to one to one ratio, and it's so freaking good. There's a a new restaurant just that just opened on my street and they have it. And I never heard of them as Connor Grony, but now I'm obsessed. Oh my gosh. Okay. So when you go, do you ask for anything specific when you're going to a bar? Or you just ask for the Negroni. Either a Negroni or a Mezcal Negroni. And then I like it because it's super bitter. So A, I feel fancy, like I'm Italian. <laughs> and then, yeah, um, I, I love it. it. I sip it. And I like to do something with all cocktails, no matter what they are but it's called the three in one trick. And so just because it's so easy to slam cocktails, right? Yeah. And if I, mess, I go to sleep really easily. If I get even a little tipsy, I'm like, I'm dead. I'm yeah. out. I'm no fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. <in> bed. <laughs> so I will drink like a third of it and then pour some water in it, drink half of, or drink another third and pour some water in it and then finish it off. Oh, that's such it's a good one. Wow. Look at you. I love that. I'm a very like rosé champagne girl. So we can't, I've actually yesterday I did this. I don't know if this is quite a good tip for people, but I had like a third of rosé, a third of white wine and a third of red wine. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and we just, we actually, what was surprising, it was not that bad. I, I don't, I don't know if I'd recommend it to everybody, but it was definitely a time to be alive. <laughs> so. Did you mix it in one wine glass? Yes, we did. And it was fine. Yeah. It was kind of like, what was funny That's is the red fine. wine was super kind of bitter. And then yeah. the, the other two were on the sweeter side. So it was like a good mix. And we were like, we might be on to something. <laughs> I think you are. And also, isn't rosé just a mixture of red and white? But like yes. a lot more white than red. Yes. I didn't realize that until I went to like a very fancy winery and I was like, mind blown. <laughs> I learned that in Napa too. I didn't know that till I went there. I was like, what is this life? <laughs> I so, much in <laughs> so much. I'm so excited to chat with you. I want to dive into like why you actually started your brand Hush Up and Hustle. Cool. It's funny that you asked that because I've been going through this severe inner battle of changing the name. So Hush Up and Hustle was the first, it's not even a company. 
because I don't, I don't do like sponsored ads or paid, po- paid posts or anything like that. Yeah. But Hush Up and Hustle was my like accounting. It was my accountability Instagram. That's where I talked about my clients, personal training, successes, failures, et cetera. And then when I started making the blender bombs for people, Hush Up and Hustle was the brand. And then the blender bomb started getting such a following in and of themselves that we just separated the two businesses and Hush Up and Hustle became this like marketing platform and blender bombs became the product. And since then, we have also started a smoothie bar, which Hush Up and Hustle is the marketing partner for that. Just like how you kind of do digital marketing, Hush Up and Hustle does that for my brands. And then we have yeah. a, a mixed street coming out, a spritzer called Tipsy Spritzers and 8020 Market, which is a cookie company. And Hush Up and Hustle is the marketing firm for all of that. But as I get older and as I... It's confusing. I kind of want to just call it like Helen Hall, my name. And yeah. Nick Hush Up and Hustle because it's confusing. <laughs> Do you feel like it's confusing for you or do you feel like it's confusing for people? I feel like it's confusing for people because I am one person that does the marketing for all of these companies and yeah. Hush Up and Hustle used to be this like lifestyle platform and it gave a lot of advice and tips and tricks. But ever since I started all the other companies, it's now the companies that give those tips and tricks and that advice, not necessarily me. It's me running the companies. Yeah. So it's kind of like almost everything got flopped. So I could see that. I think either way, I feel like it totally could be your name. Yeah. But but I kind of, I, but it's, I feel like Hush Up and Hustle too is fun. Like it's a fun little yeah. catchy like name. So I'll be curious to see when are you, do you know when you're going to make that change? If you're going to no, no. <laughs> I'm so like splenic and I'll probably just, it'll hit me one day and I'll try. I tried to do it last week, but Instagram wouldn't let me change the name. I don't know why. Oh, really? It would not let me change my hush and hustle name. Can did it say that the other ones were taken? Like your like never wasn't taken. Like I own Helen underscore Hall for my personal, which I haven't turned on in five years. Yeah, but um, I went in and changed that name, so like Helen Hall was no more. And now it's still there. Might be a fourteen day waiting period. Yeah. Okay. With with Facebook, there is. So you have to wait. I can't even remember. It's a certain amount of time for like, okay, I made a Facebook page for a client like last week or the week before, and they had sent me not what their registered business name was. So I was like, okay, I want to change it to what your actual registered business name was. And there was a 14 day waiting period where you had to submit that change. So that could be it. We might've fixed it for Uh you. (laughs) I hope it fixed. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) To be decided. Well, that's so so exciting. When you touched on blender bombs, like, can you talk a little bit about how that started and why you created them and maybe a little bit how they're different from like an average protein powder or supplement? Yeah. So blender bombs, we have no, I I like to think we have no competition in the United States. It is a new brand. Like when we are talking to Whole Foods and Publix and Costco and all these places, they're like, where the hell are we going to put you? Because there's nothing like it. And it's a ball, a two tablespoon size ball. Think like an energy bite, but there's no oats. It's full of chia seed, hemp seed, flaxseed, walnuts, pecans, dates, aloe, almonds, pea pollen, blah, blah, blah. I've said that a bunch. Can you tell? Yeah. (laughs) Instead of opening up, you know, 12 different bags of these whole food ingredients every day, it's all just rolled into one ball and held together with a date. So it's a convenience thing and it contains every essential amino acid, every essential fatty acid. So the most important thing about the blender bombs is A, that it's convenient, but B, that it really helps to nourish your body. Like it gives you the vitamins and the minerals that you need. So you're not 
specifically it's to help control cravings and to help like appetite control, not suppress, but control. So that I used to have severe chocolate cravings at night. Okay. I, all I thought about was chocolate after 7 p.m. And then once I started having my, you know, cacao blender bomb peanut butter smoothie every day, I no longer had those chocolate cravings. And now I don't even have chocolate cravings at all. I don't even drink the cacao peanut butter smoothie because I don't have those cravings. So yeah. now I have a green one and it just, it just nourishes your body. It's a little nourishing ball. I love it. Do you want to know what's funny when you were talking? The most like thing that came to my head was, okay, so it's probably a lot cheaper because instead of buying yeah. the chia seeds and the, the dates and all of this stuff and not necessarily knowing how much you're supposed to be having, you could be potentially overeating as well by putting too much chia seed or too many dates or, yeah. and it's all like, it's pretty much done for you. And I feel like people pay for convenience, but I actually feel like this is the cheaper option and more convenient. 100%. So one ball is $2.50 and it's about around 140 calories. So you're getting a lot of nutrients for that $2.50 and you're saving a ton of time. To me, the most important thing in my life is time. Like Death doesn't scare me. Getting hurt doesn't scare me. But like losing time is what scares me the most, which is why I prioritize you know, eating healthy so I can live a long time. But, but the time it takes to make food. So even now, even though I own Blender Bombs, and I own a smoothie bar. I Uber eats a Blender Bomb smoothie from my smoothie bar every single day because it saves me time. See, I love that. There's plenty of people that I know too that are like, okay, for me, like I know at least in my business stuff, I'm like, okay, if I can just hire this out and it can be done twice as fast, like a YouTube video, for instance, yeah. I am, there's no way I'm going to spend an entire day editing that. Like all props to that, but it's like the exact same, the exact same thing. You're like, yeah. if I just, you know, that could be at my doorstep in 20 minutes. You, it's yeah. almost, why would you not do it? I would rather spend extra money on something that will save me time and like just live less, like have less money, but outsource everything so that I'm not stressed. Yeah. No, and then I'm most of the time when you end up doing that, it, it leaves you some creative freedom to maybe brainstorm a new business or a new other way. Like, and then you're having that supplemental income or that passive income, which all happened because you were prioritizing your time and your happiness. I love that so much. Anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> all of it. You need yeah. all of it. <laughs> okay, I'm curious because you were touching on like now you're eating like specific smoothies. Like what have your habits changed, your eating habits in COVID? Like what's your typical eating day kind of look like? So my habits have not changed at all. And I think that's because I started doing something called 80-20 I started that in 2017. And obviously the, the concept of 80-20 has been around forever, whether it's in law or it's in taxes or it's in saving your money or it's in the effort you put in to create your business. It's everything. But I specifically do something called 80-20 whole food plant-based, which means 80% of what I eat throughout the week, or I don't count or anything, like it's on average, I'm assuming it's around 80 is a whole is whole plant-based food. And then the other 20% is whatever else I want to add to it to make it taste good. So the base of my meal is going to be whole plant-based foods. And then the other 20% could be a little bit of cheese or a little bit of butter or a little bit of mayonnaise or whatever it is that makes it taste good and edible. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I love that. So where, when you're looking for like recipes, where do you go to look for your recipes? Is there like some place, like, are you literally making them just from scratch? And to they're like- completely honest, I do not cook. 
at all. Like, <laughs> but we have a meal prep. We have a meal prep with our smoothie bar. It's called Hustle Meal Prep. And the reason why we started that is because I don't cook. And yeah. I don't like to cook. And I want to spend time. But there's a ton of meal prep in every city. There's going to be meal prep. But I really like purple carrot. They're delicious. Sakara is super expensive, but super delicious. To me, I need carbs. I eat majority carbs. So it'll be pasta with like a ton of vegetables or it'll be, you know, pizza with a, an Italian flour. There's a group called Obstinate Daughter in Charleston where they import their flour. It's really clean. It doesn't flare up my eczema or anything like that. And then I just load the pizza with like veggies mm-hmm. and whole grains are also part of your 80%. So rice or farro or quinoa, et cetera, that sort of stuff, potatoes, starchy veggies, beans. And then you just add in the little supplemental things that make it more enjoyable and edible. No, I love that. I actually, so I was on a meal service and they were pretty expensive. And so I was like, Hmm, where are like some good ways to find them? I feel like Yelp is one of the best ways that you can find like a good meal service in your city. And I found one that was literally like, kind of like, at first I was like, I don't really know. And then I went to their website and I was like, holy crap. And you can find things like I use honey, like that app that makes you like save money. And it saved, yeah, I saved $55. So for, (laughs) I don't know how this is going to work for their business, but for 10 meals, it was like $110. And I got like a huge discount that brought it down to like, I think like $65 for an entire week or something like that. I love that. And I bet some of the meals are so big that like you can stretch them into two meals. Exactly. A lot of times with the meal prep things, you'll, you'll buy one meal, say it's $10, $12. But if you steam your own freaking broccoli, you can make that one meal last two meals. Oh, and yeah. it saves a ton of money. And also I like that you are trying to support local now, especially with COVID restaurants are, will, will do a ton of them are doing meal prep services. And so instead of support, like, obviously we want to support all businesses, but you want to keep that food chain short. So there's less transportation, et cetera, et cetera. So buying meal prep from your local community is huge. And another point, since we're on this podcast, we can talk about it, but supporting your local community might be one of the most important things you as a human can do. Like you have so much impact on your community by buying local. It's, it's mind blowing how much that can do for your local economy. Yeah. And too, just like even like little local grocery stores or little things like one of my boyfriends, he's one of them. Sorry, my boyfriend. I don't have more than one. (laughs) (laughs) And they're done that. Didn't work. He's going to be like, really? He's Persian and has been taking, like he's taking me to these Persian markets and they are so cool because everything is pretty much local and it's all fresh and it tastes amazing. Like it's wild to like, and I've never eaten Persian food ever really. And so it's cool to like hop around and you can find new restaurants, new places, new cute little hole in the wall grocery stores that can now be your favorites or your go-tos. Yeah. And a lot of time the owners are in there working and then you create that personal connection. And it's just, it's a huge energy thing too, when you buy from a small business. Yeah. No, I love that. I want to chat with you too, like a little bit about, because you're in this realm 24 seven, you know, the details, what are some misconceptions in the plant-based world or like the world that you're like in right now that are, that are currently out there? I think the biggest one is that the world needs more vegans because I don't think that the world needs more vegans at all. The world needs more people to eat more plants. 
when people put themselves in a box, it's not healthy. It can lead to a lot of issues, whether the issue is, you know, an eating disorder within yourself, which I definitely had a little bit of orthorexia, or it's, you're putting that trauma onto someone else. Like you're projecting whatever trauma you're dealing with onto someone else. So you'll see a lot of vegans who are super pushy and controlling about trying to get people to eat more vegan, eat vegan. When I really believe at my core to the day I die, that 80, 20 is such a strong principle because the more people you have eating more plants, the less shame there is around food, the less negative energy there is around food. And the more that people can live their life while still eating healthy, like the human body can do so much. It doesn't need to be 100% vegan to thrive. Even though a lot of people say that you are eating mostly plants and then that other 20% is whatever your body is going to filter it out and will stay strong and will stay sharp and your metabolism will be high. It's just, it's incredible what balance can do for your mind and your body. That's amazing. I love that you brought up mine too. I was reading on your guys's website a little bit about how you were talking about like positive affirmations and like switching that negative internal talk, which I think is so huge right now, like people being at home, some people are maybe transitioning a little bit back to work and back to the office. But I feel like still I've had friends and family that are like, wow, during this time, like my negative self-talk has gotten so high. What are some tips for people who are like, maybe they're like, whoa, that wasn't the nicest thing that I said to myself. And I noticed that I'm doing it more often. It's so funny that you bring that up because I haven't thought about it in a long time since now I've gotten so used to just thinking positively, being optimistic. But this morning I was looking through, I forgot what I was doing. I was looking through Instagram or something and something that someone did was really weird and it was annoying and it bothered me. And I was about to send it to my friend and say, dude, what the fuck is she doing? Uh And then I felt so uncomfortable about when I was about to go send it because I'm I'm not like that anymore. But if you had talked to me four years ago, oh, I would have done it without even thinking twice about it. But I have learned to stop myself. So every time I'm about to, you know, talk badly about someone or say something about someone that I wouldn't feel comfortable saying to their face or wouldn't feel comfortable saying if that person was in the room, including myself, like if I think about what I want someone else saying that about me, then I'm not going to say it about myself. I don't do that anymore. And it's just, you've got to stop yourself right when you're about to do it and tell yourself in your head or tell the person that you're talking to and be like, I actually cannot talk about this anymore because I'm trying to like be more positive, more optimistic. And then it becomes a habit. And it is crazy. I was thinking about this morning. I was like, wow, four years ago, I would have sent that text without, without ever thinking about it. And now I'm like, I've got to delete this text because this is not serving me. This is awful. Why am I spending an ounce of my energy talking shit about someone else? Like, how's that going to move the needle forward? It's not. It's not. I would agree too. And like, I've had friends that were like, okay, everyone sent those type of messages. Like, we're not going to be like all holier than thou and act like that hasn't happened. But you notice even like in those interactions with your friends, your friends won't do that to you anymore. Like they're not going to send those messages to you when you don't send out that like negative behavior. One of my friends, like she came to me, like, I think a month ago and was like, I'm really noticing like an issue. Like I'm talking shit about some of my friends. and Like, I don't like that. And I was like, "Uh Oh, (laughs) like what's kind of going on here? And she's like, I don't know. I think that like, I'm like not maybe good with myself currently right now. And so I'm projecting that and creating issues with other people. And so you will never acknowledge that. So yeah. Props to her. Yeah. And so I was like really proud of her. I was like, all right, kind of what's going on here? Like, and she was like, yeah, she's like, I think that like, I need to do some like internal reflection 
And like, it's crazy. Like after she did that, she admitted that all of her relationships are significantly better. She's not doing the shit talking. She's way happier. And most of the time, like all of that, it just starts with you. Obviously there's people that send you things, but it's really like about your reaction and how you spend your time dealing with all of that. Yeah. And there's a saying that I hope everyone who's listening to this really does think about what I'm about to say, because when I read it, it made me think of every interaction I have differently, but it's that healed people think, speak and act differently. So when you've done the personal growth and you've healed yourself from whatever, and no one will ever heal themselves 100%, but when you intentionally try to heal yourself from whatever trauma or negative self-talk or toxic situations that you're in, you will think, speak, talk, act, eat, exercise, sleep completely differently than someone who is, has not done that healing work yet. And a lot of times if you see someone who is doing that behavior that you've tried to heal yourself from, just know that they're not healed yet. They haven't gone through that work yet. Mic drop. (laughs) I would honestly, I would agree. That's so, so true. I think people who are more healed and like more centered with themselves, like they're not as toxic. They're not, they're kind of more like, I see a lot of those people as like a ray of light because they're so, they are more optimistic. They're more positive. They do treat themselves better which in turn, they're going to probably eat better. They're going to sleep better because they're not going to have like all that negativity and like that cloud. Right. That's where, you know, you've heard of intuitive eating is all the rage right now. And intuitive eating works for a lot of people. But for me, I like to do intentional eating. So intuitive eating is where you just, you eat whatever you want. You trust that your body is going to, you know, tell you what you want to eat. And you just, you listen to your body and it's an awesome, awesome thing. I have found more success personally with intentional eating from an emotional standpoint, because when I eat food with intention, so like I intentionally try to add more whole foods, plants to my plate. And if I don't want to, then I don't obviously, but most of the time I do enjoy doing it, especially when you can like cover it with some, some whatever sauces or pesto or hummus, whatever it is. But when you consciously put a thought into eating your food, Again, back to the energy shift, whether you believe in that type of stuff or not, it is, it's like a, your food's going to give back to you because you're putting that intention out there. So I believe in that intention setting too, with what, whatever actions you take. I love that. No, I think that that's amazing. And too, I think that that relates to business, like whether it's a new uh, business venture, whether it's a new product. Okay, TBB babes, you guys are hearing the latest and greatest here first. ChristinaMcGinnis.com is launching sticker packs. We are super excited about our three packs, the blogger pack, social media pack, and the podcast pack. A portion of the proceeds will go to Love 146. Love 146 is an international human rights organization working to end child trafficking and exploitation through survivor care and prevention. So what the heck is a sticker? Guys, this is going to change your gram game. Unlike gifts, stickers can be copied and pasted into your Instagram stories without reducing the image quality. Stickers are files you own, so they will never be hard to relocate for future use, unlike Instagram's black hole of a gift library. Stickers can also be used in YouTube videos. These are so simple, guys. I use them in all of my stories, and you guys were asking about them, so we figured let's make them available for all of the TBB babes. 
used my code KCM20 to get 20% off your sticker pack at ChristinaMcGinnis.com. That is KCM20 at ChristinaMcGinnis.com for 20% off any and all sticker packs. I, I want to touch on business because we were chatting a little bit before this on some things that like I've never shared on the podcast. And I want to talk about like how you stay organized with running all these different companies. Like, do you have a team around you? What does that look like? Yes. So one big thing that has really helped is I've stopped doing any, and I never did these before either because they, I didn't have like a line on my door of people asking, but no sponsored posts, no like paid posts. So I don't get any income from Instagram the way that I used to get a little bit of income from. But ever since I started the businesses, I focus 100% of my time on promoting my products and my businesses and making sure that they're run well. And I'll be totally honest. I can think of right now one business that is super disorganized because I'm not putting any time in it. I'm waiting for this one this one thing to happen and then I'll start putting my time into it. Mm-hmm. But Blenderbones was the first business. That one's super well run, super organized. We have seven full-time people and it kind of runs itself with me just managing it. And then the Hustle Smoothie Bar, which we started a couple of years later, is just now starting to get to that organized point. But it was a shit show before. And yeah. I just, I had to be okay with it. The product was good. The management and the organization was not good, but I knew that if I wanted to start this smoothie bar, I never would have started it if I needed it to be perfect. So I personally don't need to be super organized. The only thing that I am very specific about is respecting other people's time and like customer service. So if you have those two at your core, just that customer service, caring about other people besides yourself, so like respecting other people's time and respecting that they are spending their money at your place. If you put them first, people can get over a little bit of disorganization as long as you know that you're going to organize it later. Mm -hmm. No, I think that those are such good tips. And so when you're doing hiring of people, like what, what are like the top three things you're looking for? So like when you're, cause I, I just, this is such like a selfish question. I feel like not that I've had any, like I'm obsessed with the people that I work with and who are like on my team, but I'm curious, like, because it sounds like you are, you're the top dog, you're doing it all. Like what are things that like, maybe you look for things that stand out either negative or positive? So I only, not only, but for the most part, I hire friends and people that I know and who I've had a prior relationship with because trust is obviously the most important thing. And as long as I can trust someone, I can lead them in a way and put them in a position that will make them successful as long as I can trust them. Because I know as a, I I really think my purpose with these businesses was not to be a successful business person, not to make a lot of money, but, but to lead people. And that is my strength is putting people in leadership position or putting people in positions where they can thrive and where their strengths are used. So if I can trust that person and they respect me, if I know that that person trusts and respects me and I trust and respect them and their morals and values are the same as mine, like they're not going to lie. They're not going to cheat. They're not going to steal. Just like when you're in a relationship, if your morals and your values are the same as your significant other, you can get through the bullshit. Like you will make it work. So it's the same thing with hiring because I can, if I go to communication with them, figure out what they like, what they don't like, figure out if they're happy uh, with the job that they're in, or if they need to switch things up a little bit, then I can put them in, in a position where they'll, they will succeed and they'll help grow the company. 
I love that. That's such, those are such good tips. I think those are very tangible for everyone too. Like those aren't things that are like wild, like literally those I feel like are very like, they're obviously easier said than done. But like, if you can do that, that's so huge. And I feel like those people stay with you forever because if they're happy and they feel successful in their job and they feel like they're making a difference, they're going to produce everything that you need. And they know that if, if at any point they're not as fulfilled at blender bombs or at the smoothie bar as they would be in another job, or if they wanted to start in their own thing, they can absolutely leave. And that would not be an issue at all. Like it would not bother me. It would not. We put ourselves in a position where if someone does leave, then they can easily, we can easily, you know, replace it and still be running smoothly. It's kind of that, that same concept where if you grow up in a household where your parents are super controlling of you and, you know, they read your text messages and they track your car and things like that, you're never going to want to be honest with them and tell your parents the full truth because you know that they'll be disappointed or mad at you. When you give, when you do the opposite to people that you are hiring or employing, you give them freedom and you let them know that you know that they're going to make mistakes and that you're okay with them making mistakes as long as they learn from it and their intentions were, were good, then you're not going to ever have a problem with employees like acting up. Yeah, no, I agree. I think those are all amazing things. I want to touch on this is about selling businesses or ending business partnerships. Because I, when I ended, so I had, you guys know, I literally had the company when I started this podcast. So when I ended that company, it actually felt like an entire company it is. Because um, I need, I need the full details. Yeah. So it was, it was called Blooming Bloggers. So we did essentially like influencer marketing. And then we did influencer pretty much like events, like events of like 200 plus people. And I was on the back end of like planning the whole thing. We would bring in speakers, like a very small version of like create and cultivate essentially. But oh, I love it. yeah, so it was very like, it was in Portland and we hosted like seven events in one year. And so it was wild because like our last event was probably our biggest and it was a 6,000 square foot warehouse. And so we filled the whole thing with like local vendors and there were local speakers and it was amazing. But by the end, I knew that like, it just wasn't for me. Like it just wasn't. And I was graduating and was like, Hey, this was so much fun, but it was so hard, like leaving my business partner, like, because I was the one who made that decision. And like, I'm still really, really good friends with her. She literally like just got engaged, like we're going to celebrate, like we're still like best friends, but it was so hard because it felt like a breakup. And then I don't think that anyone ever talks about like when you're ending something or maybe passing it off from selling or doing that. It's like, you're sending your child off into the world and like you don't have yeah it's like you don't really have control or say over what's happening anymore and so it can be kind of supportive of you leaving at first no and then little, little by little I was able to either say like okay either you can now fully take this over or we've got to plan and game plan to figure this out And so by the end, we were both like, you know what, this isn't going to work for us and where we're businesses. So she's like an international hairstylist. And so gets like flown out all over the world and has kids and 
you know, is in her forties and I'm, you know, just graduated early twenties. And I knew that I wanted to move to LA. So like we love each other, but our life paths and business were so different. Do you have like any insight? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I think people should also take note from your story. I like a lesson, a learning point is when, so your business partner obviously was a little bit, she rocks. We know that, but she was a little bit upset that you were leaving. It's, it's again, back to the relationship metaphor. If you're in a relationship and you know that your significant other doesn't want to be in a relationship with you, but they feel stuck for whatever reason, why, why would you want your significant other to stay in that relationship if you know it's not serving them? Because that person is going to resent you and they're not going to serve you. So it's the same thing with business. If you know that the person that you are in business with is not happy, they're, they're not going to give your business 100% attention at all. So it's like you, you might want to tell them, hey, yes, if this isn't serving you, you're not going to give it 100% attention. I can have someone in here in your place who does, who eats, sleeps, lives, breathes this business. And then you can go do your happiness and we can both celebrate each other and be happy for each other, finding what, what serves us both best. Yeah. Did you have anything where either you sold a company or you had to end a business relationship? Yeah, I haven't sold any companies yet, but I ended, I had to end two business relationships and they were both my friends. One of them was, was pretty easy because I knew with every inch of my body that it needed to end because the same reason she wasn't putting in a hundred percent effort. So it's like, I could sit around and wait years for her to be like, Hey guys, you know, three years later, this isn't working out. This isn't where my heart is. I'm not making enough money here, blah, blah, blah. Or I could have, bye, thank you. (laughs) That's my friend. Or I could have gone ahead and like cut ties because we both knew it wasn't working out, but she was too, too nervous to say anything. And other business relationship was a friend, not like a super, super good friend, but I had challenged her. So she was trying to invest in one of my businesses and I loved her. I was hoping it was going to work out, but before I let, before I, you know, accepted her money and signed any deals, I was like, I challenge you to go do this thing, which is, which is why I was letting her invest in the first place was to help us grow our business with marketing and influencers. So I asked her to go get some influencers and like get it in writing that they were going to help promote us. And she never did it. She wasn't able to do it. And because of that, I was like, and because of that, I'm out. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> reason I'm out. Like Shark Tank. Yeah. No, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And too, I think like people do not talk enough about like the business is ending. Everybody wants to help with the launch. Everybody wants to help with you're starting something, but it is like, sometimes it even can be, I was embarrassed because like I put my heart and soul into something. And then I realized, whoa, this isn't quite the life path that I want for myself. And it it literally felt like a breakup. Like with both of those, did you feel like, were there any emotions tied to that? Yes. The, the most recent one still feels like a breakup. It's very uncomfortable. Like we still reach out to each other a little bit and try to just acknowledge that we still respect each other and love each other. But I don't think that they'll, there was never a friendship there at the beginning. It was more so it was like a business relationship friendship. But at the same time, I respect myself enough to know my worth and know the worth of my businesses and the worth of the amount of time and effort that I put into something that I don't want to, it's not, it would not be fair to me. And it would be disrespecting myself if I let this person in and they weren't going to give it the same amount of effort that I give it. Whereas it was a lot of talk and no action. And I am so, so glad that I learned that before I got into business with that person. 
And this is where people, and you're, you're really good at this, I can tell, but like clear communication where you lay out in a nice, respectful way, like what you think, what you feel, what your worries are, what your strengths are. And that way you don't have these issues. Like you're not going to have these issues later. Yeah. No, I think that that's such, that's such like a good business tip because yeah, when you, and too, I think when you say that to your partner and say, Hey, like when you guys are like forecasting, like if you guys have businesses where you're with someone else, like forecasting, what are we wanting six months down the road? What are we wanting a year? And if that's not lining up to look deeper and go, okay, well, it does this even make sense. Like, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you had the big launch. It doesn't matter if you had this killer product or idea that you think is going to be successful. Like, if you guys are not, like, literally in the same car, driving on the same road, like, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. And you're always going to have little disagreements with whoever you're in business with. But at no point should it ever be a disrespectful disagreement. You should never be yelling and screaming at each other. You should just compromise. But I also want to know, okay, so you sold your business at how old? 24. So sell your shares to her. No. So we didn't actually ever like sell the physical company. So we closed the company. So hypothetically, if a person, you know, you had your business and you didn't end up selling the business, but what do you do with all like the, you know, emails that you've collected, the Instagram followers you've collected, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So there's like a lot of options here that I actually don't think people look into that I think could be super helpful. So for like email lists, you've grown, like, let's say you worked with influencers. Like for us, we worked with a ton of influencers to promote our events, to even promote some of the little shops that were going to be there or talk about the speakers and people would meet up. You have the potential to like use that list and say, Hey, I could give this to another like local business who needed influencer marketing, or let's say you wanted to keep your influencer marketing going. You could use that list for your next company so that there's still like, if you were going to still be in Portland, which I was, but I moved, I could still use that list to go, okay, well, I know all these influencers are interested in beauty, health, and wellness. And we had so many different events with so many different segments that I could use those to target. Another like idea too, is if you do have a large Instagram following, you could sell that Instagram. Same with Facebook or website domain depends on like what people want to change it into. Because like we were talking about earlier, you can change the name of your physical Instagram. So let's say ours was blooming bloggers and we had however many thousand followers. And if someone wanted to buy that actual platform, they could go archive all of our posts and then reuse that Instagram with the following if they knew that it was similar enough to where people wouldn't drop off from. So if it's like like another, like, well, let's say like for you, like if it was another wellness company, same with like the Facebook, if you changed pretty much all of what looks like your storefront, people necessarily aren't going to know. I actually knew she's one of my friends, but I know a girl who has like a fitness line and that's what they did actually was one fitness line closed and they were like, we've got 55,000 followers. I wonder if we can sell that. She got the Instagram and transitioned it into her business. She oh already God, that's so cool. Isn't that so crazy? So there's like a ton of options that literally no one teaches you in school. Like how would you go about selling it? Do you, is there like a broker that you can go through? There's actually, I think that there's like lawyers that you can go through. There's different people who want to invest in different companies too. Like you were chatting, like investing. So like maybe for example, like we were going to start creating like tutorials and stuff, or if we had marketing stuff that was already made, there are people out there who want that even to see ideas. 
Like, let's say you created like tutorials, like one to 10 of like how to run an Instagram page. Maybe they don't necessarily want, maybe they want a little bit of the information and like how you edited the videos. But if they got that idea and said, whoa, I really liked this, but I actually want to make my own, they could take idea A, B, and C from these videos and go and make their own or use them. Like, let's say they want to buy that and buy essentially your, I guess your, your tutorials or things that they could maybe put on their YouTube or sell for like the back end of their website. If they have like subscribers each month or like special collectors. 2020, man. 2020. There's a lot of possibilities. And I wish, I really, really wish someone would have told me that. And I think that there's options too. Like even if you don't have a business and you have like little things that you're creating, you can sell those to companies. Like people will see value in that. So I think that there's so many different like tips and tricks. If you are wanting to make side income that it can totally happen. That is so cool. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a a wild one. So I know I'm doing so many things. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. Hey you, are you needing an afternoon at pick me up? Don Francisco's organic cold brew is the perfect summer coffee drink. It's easy to brew at home. All you need is a large glass container or pitcher. After letting it steep in cold water for 24 hours, you have delicious coffee concentrate. It's the perfect way to start your summer day or enjoy as an afternoon pick-me-up. I know I sure need one. John Francisco's is premium coffee, people, roasted and packed in the USA. And the very best part, guys, John Francisco's coffee has created a special sampling code where you can receive 20% off any purchase on donfrancisco's.com. Just go to donfrancisco's.com, shop, and check out with the promo code BLONDE, and you will get 20% off your order. Offer is good from August 1st till January 31st, 2021. Get sipping, party people. For people, like we were talking about like all the new business stuff, for people who are like having startups in COVID, what is like a business tip that you wish you would have known like from the beginning? Okay. So I spent a lot of time reading books before starting my businesses. And there's three books that I would highly recommend everybody read. It's one is Big Magic. One is The Magic of Thinking Big. And the third is Let My People Go Surfing. And through those three books, I guarantee you that you'll have some sort of epiphany when reading them that will help you with your business. Another thing is, if you're starting a business, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, you're trying to figure out what you're going to name it. A lot of times people want to collaborate with you know a friend or a boyfriend or whatever and be like, all right, help me figure out my business name. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. When you've got to give yourself space to be by yourself. That is how you're going to come up with your best ideas. Of course, you can you can also brainstorm really well with other people. But if this is something that you're meant to do, like you have been picked to start this business, this product, this brand, whatever, give yourself space like a weekend away by yourself where all you think about is that and it will come to you. I love that. I think if you that, build it. Yeah. They will. Come. Yeah. No, I think that that's so amazing. And I I think it's wild. Like 
people a lot of times, like even I'm sure people like slide into like your direct messages. It's like, Hey, how did you create this company? Or like, what are resources or stuff like that? And I honestly think too, like my probably biggest business tip is like, stop asking people all the questions and go figure them out yourself. Like I learned, like my dad is a huge entrepreneur and he never asked help from anybody. Not that you can't ask the question, but the successful people are not waiting for a direct message to come back. They're the ones who are doing the hours of late night research after their current job. They're the ones that are like, you know, do uh, watching all the different tutorials. They're the ones that like pull in all that information instead of waiting on someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you have so much, people have so much potential and power and thoughts inside of them. But a lot of times we're just scrolling through Instagram or scrolling through TikTok, guilty as charged. But um, (laughs) instead of giving my own brain the space to figure it out myself, I always try and search for answers when really like most of the time, you know, or you can figure it out. Yeah. It just takes sometimes a little bit longer. And that's not to say that you can't slide in people's like direct messages, but like I had kind of chatted with you before and like, I'm sure you've gotten like, people are like, how do you retain, retain a client base? And I'm like, there, this isn't even a direct message that I can like even remotely go into. (laughs) And it's reverse psychology. Like how have brands that you're obsessed with been able to maintain your obsession? Yeah. And then, and then you can kind of understand it. You can reverse it and figure out what works with you. And again, there's people are super different. So it is good to ask other people, but maybe instead of that girl asking you, how do you do this? She should ask her friends, how do businesses keep your attention? Yeah. And it's such like a different, and too, like, even like I've had people ask like posting times and such, like, when are you on your phone? You know, it's like, yeah. When are you, when are you the, yeah. And then ask your group of friends if, if you're trying to sell a product and your target market is a 27-year-old, ask your 27-year-old friends and be like, what time of day do you scroll typically? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, and most of the time it's like, it obviously depends on like areas and all that kind of stuff. But it's so, I think it's, it's very like counterintuitive to be like, okay, well, what do I do when you're like hunting for answers? But it does, it helps a ton. Anyone, I love when people ask me questions, like we are here for people to ask us questions, Yeah. but don't be offended if I use reverse psychology on you, Yeah. you know, because yeah. I know that you can figure it out and I will help you figure it out for yourself. No, I think that's so amazing. Okay. I have a question. One of, we're telling, I was like, all right, I got to ask about the app. So like you have an app yeah. that's coming out and when you had talked about like investors and investments and stuff, do you have someone who's like investing in your app or who has like clearly invested in your companies? No, I actually started everything with $300. It is craziest, most mind blowing thing that's ever happened, but my mom took me to Costco, $150 grocery store trip. My dad bought my LLC for Hush Up and Hustle, which was basically blender bombs at the time. I just bootstrapped it. Like I didn't worry about, as we talked about before, being organized, being perfect. I didn't worry about that. Instead, I focused on creating a good product where people liked the product and the product work. So I spent a lot of time measuring ratios and things like that to figure out what kept me most full, what which nuts and seeds to put together to have all those vitamins and minerals. And I just sold locally through my Instagram, which had like, I don't know, 800 followers at the time to friends. And I saved every penny and just kept putting it back and back and back. So then I took some of that money and put it into the smoothie bar. I took some of that money and put it into the app. 
And for the app, it's funny that you say that. So when I was going to build the app, all we had at the time was Blender Bombs, which is like a breakfast brand, right? So smoothies, oatmeal bowls, things like that. The smoothie bar is a blender bomb. Blender bomb can be a little confusing. And if you watch Shark Tank, you probably heard the shark suggests this before. But if you have a confusing product, start a retail experience so that people can come in and understand your product and like be shown how to use it. And so that's what the smoothie bar is. And it's a blender bomb experience store. So then I've got these two things, right? And so now I'm like, we got to have an app because there's more to this product than just eating. So it's a mindset thing. It's meditation. It's new articles with new science, it's positivity, it's hearing other user testimonials, it's recipes. And so that's what we were developing in the app. And we stopped halfway. It was me and um, my friend Naomi who were doing the app together because she's also super passionate about sharing that type of stuff. She just doesn't have a platform to do it yet. Yeah. And we looked at each other and we were like, we're not ready to do this app. And that is what started 8020 Market. Wow. So 8020 Market is a child right now. It's in its infancy. We don't promote it yet. All it sells is cookies. But in the next few months, you'll see a complete rebrand where it sells all the Blenderbond products. It sells other like-minded products. It sells all the books that we've read that have helped us get where we are today. It's going to sell you know, healthy beauty and home things. So like coconut oil lube and some candles that are non-toxic and some toothpaste that's non-toxic, but then maybe some toothpaste that is toxic, you know, 80-20. Yeah, 80-20. Yeah. So but once that's rebranded, we'll go back to the app. But we oh just knew it was in time. That's amazing. I love that too. And it's like you're creating, you're curating a lifestyle. It's like right. a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle shop to where you're able yeah. to shop for your lifestyle instead of heading to Whole Foods or heading to a certain place and picking your lifestyle. Exactly. And because we both truly believe, as do most people, every diet out there follows 80-20. 80% of what every diet tells people to eat is whole foods, no matter what, whether the other 20% is meat or more vegetables or lasagna, like whatever it is. Yeah. All, every single diet is at least 80% whole food plant-based. And that's where this 80-20 concept is going to be the app and but we had to create the brand first before the app just so it wouldn't confuse us most importantly but the goal is going to be look at this app you know i don't even know really but like the app is going to have blogs etc cetera, etc cetera, and the goal is going to be to open the app you know 80% of the week so about 5 days of the week so 5 days of the week you're being intentional about some sort of personal growth I love that. That's so amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. You're going to have to keep us all updated like when yeah. everything launches and I'll have to, once that happens, you'll have to come back on and update us. Like I would that. love that. That's it's so going to be so long, but um, the, the app will be longer, but the website won't be too, too long. Oh, that's exciting. I'm so pumped for you. Okay. Where can all the TV babes like follow you, find you, slide yeah. DMs, grab the products? Yeah. And definitely please slide into my DMs because I do love helping people out. And I do a reverse psychology, but my personal <laughs> Instagram is hush up and hustle. That might change. I don't know, but you'll still be able to find it when you type in hush up and hustle. And on that, you'll see links to all the other businesses. So Blender Bombs, Hustle Smoothie Bar, 8020 Market, and Tipsy Spritzers. Oh my gosh. I'm so pumped. Well, TVB babes, thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and we will see you cute babes next week. <laughs>